From the Spec Network, this is Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. This episode of Fragmented is brought to you by American Express. I'm here to let you know that their Android team is hiring. If you love the idea of working in a team which values testability, customer experience, and proper Android UI design guideline support, all while getting things done right the first time, well then, my friend, keep listening. The Android team at American Express prides themselves on shipping a high-quality experience to end users, all while implementing the latest and greatest technologies at hand. For example, what about Kotlin? Yeah, they've been using it for two-plus years. It's what we write in every single day. Design patterns? Yeah, they got you covered from UI patterns to typical Ging of Four patterns. They've seen it all, and they know when to use the right tool for the right job. Well, what about testing? Like integration, functional, and unit testing, you might be wondering. Ha, you're in luck again. They have a huge test suite that is run on every single PR to ensure that there are no regressions are hit. Now, those are going to be functional, integration, and unit tests, and so forth. And get this, you're given the time to write the test to ensure your changes don't break anything and ensure your changes work. Yes, you're given the time to write your test. Now, let me go off script here. How many companies are happy that you spend extra time writing tests? Well, probably very few. I can't count many on one hand that have been happy with me spending more time writing tests. They probably wanted to, or you probably wanted to, but you just needed to ship the code faster. Well, American Express, they know that getting things done right the first time matters, and testing is paramount, which means that quality is paramount. Now, maybe that sounds a bit scary because you've not written a ton of tests. Well, you're in luck then because the team at American Express is full of fantastic folks that will help mold you into becoming the best version of your current self when it comes to developing professional Android apps. And here's another great thing about American Express. They support you for being part of the community. For example, do you want to speak at conferences? Totally, they support you. You want to build your writing skills on the tech blog at AmericanExpress.io? Go for it. Again, they support you. What about contributing to open source? Again, they support you. Start writing that open source. If you want to be part of the community in any way from speaking to coding to running a user group, etc., you guessed it, they'll support you. And finally, they get the whole work-life balance thing. It's not a myth. The benefits are great and you're not required to work 80-hour weeks. And well, to tell you the truth, that just makes life a lot easier. How can I say this with so much confidence? To tell you the truth, I've been working with American Express for over two years now and I've seen this all firsthand. So if you're interested in coming to work alongside of me, follow the link in the show notes and be sure to tell them that I sent you. I hope to see you around. So what many folks don't realize is that when Don and I hop on a call to do a recording for the episode, we usually talk about a whole bunch of random things. Owing to time constraints, uh, these don't always make the show. But we thought sometimes folks might just be interested in these snippets, and it would be nice to just release these as mini fragments. So this is one of those. In this mini fragment, I talked to Don about a recent side project that I did with Kotlin scripting. We go into Kotlin scripting using KScript specifically, pros, the cons, setting it up, and more. We've added links to some interesting resources about Kotlin scripting, so you want to make sure you also check the show notes for this one. So you too can explore Kotlin scripting and, you know, see if it's a fit for you. Enjoy the show. Taking this on a different note, I want to talk to you about something that I did some time back. So uh, at Instacart recently, we had like our annual hackathon and I was helping organize the hackathon this time. And 
it was interesting because uh, you know it's sort of like this it, it was this three day event and because i was helping organize it in the end basically there came a point where we needed to like get everyone to vote on their favorite project and then find out the winners uh and what i noticed is there isn't actually any service or like free easy way to do one time polls outside because there are some incredibly good services like i think poll daddy and like oh, what's the other one like you know survey monkey or like you know there are like these services that do an amazing job with like customizing in like all kinds of crazy ways how you can put up a a poll where you can vote for like projects right like you know just if you if you want if you're conducting like a tournament or anything and you just want to quickly be able to spin something up mm-hmm. so that you can get people to vote and tabulate the results there isn't an easy solution out there uh these are easy solutions the problem is typically like for this hackathon like i wanted like 400 people to be able to vote yeah. and i all i wanted for is like a one time event like this is just one event for one day get it done and then i don't like many of them have like subscription mechanisms and you know they have like other kinds of mechanisms that i felt was a little more expensive and also i wanted an excuse to also work on at least something for the hackathon even though it was like <laughs> organized like i wanted to do something so what i did is google forums we know is free right yep. Uh so what I did is I sp- I I kind of came up with a mechanism of using Google Forms to tabulate these results. And the mm-hmm. reason I'm actually talking about it on this podcast is because I I'm not sure for folks who have worked with Google Forms like it'll dump it very easily into a sheet but Oh yeah. It is the way it dumps it into a sheet is kind of like horrendous and um, <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out hopefully I'll have like a blog post out where I talk about I can show you some of how it lo- like some of the results and how they look. It's like this weird mechanism, but I was it was also the time that I think Kotlin 125 or 124 was out and they talked about the improvement in Kotlin scripting. Uh so what I wrote is essentially from Google Forms I would dump the CSV file and I wrote a Kotlin script like you know as like a bash like how people would traditionally think about uh bash scripts. I wrote a Kotlin script to process this uh CSV file and dump the results and it worked out amazingly well because you know <laughs> to be clear my uh, the other person who was like with me uh, organizing the hackathon so it was two of us who organized this hackathon he was like i don't want to take any risk like how about we just do something very simple i was like no no i got this <laughs> he was petrified because i mean you know this, this is like the final event right like so if you somehow screw up the way like the results are like tabulated or like it doesn't work in a way that you expect like that can be a pretty big shit show right so oh yeah uh, so but it worked out amazingly well and i'll i'll make sure to share a link like to the blog post and also the script uh yeah but like it was a lot of fun like you know i could write a kotlin script and it was all kotlin i could process the csv file uh, you know it was interesting because i also added weights for example uh typically like when you have voting mechanisms like you if you have the first place you vote for the first place second place and third place you want to also like add weights to it to sort of like make sure you get a mm-hmm. an easier result you know because someone gets two third places but like uh, one project gets a first place you want to add that weight to sort of make it easier to like dictate like you know a first place is way more valuable than a third place you know position so you can add weights and like you know i can throw in uh, it's i think it's already on github but i can like send that script and you know it it was it was fun for me it was my way of like doing something for the hackathon so have you ever worked with kotlin scripting before no i haven't really touched it now it's kind of my question is like what did you find to be uh two two part here what was the um 
the most difficult thing about it and and what did you love about it uh good question so what i loved about it was obviously it's kotlin such a beautiful language and you know because i deal with kotlin having that one language it's like the thing that we've talked about right like sometimes and javascript like we fear that javascript might be that language but sometimes just having a single language especially if that language is nice to work with and using it for real world use cases is so much fun right like mm-hmm. this was a real problem that i had and just solving it with kotlin was so nice and kotlin is such a beautiful language right so that mm-hmm. was the good parts the not so great part is even though you have kotlin scripting it doesn't work as easily as you know like running a ruby script or like a bash script because okay. again the thing is with kotlin it is like it runs on the jvm right yeah. so it is you have to compile it down it is compiled down to a class file and that class file is eventually what is run right mm-hmm. so like the the whole integration with like there's this thing called k script and again i'll add like links to that and if you, if i point to my repository i also talk about how you can run one of these things but the way it works is you point to a k script which almost is sort of like this semi bash script kind of thing and that's where the integration is improved but even so it isn't as simple as just like i have dot kotlin run as a script and boom you have it right it isn't as simple as that uh, also the other things like getting dependencies for example if i want to use like a lot of these helper utilities that i've sort of i'm very familiar with then you have to have like this maven installation locally cuz you know it isn't as simple and like case script and a sort of a lot of these sort of helper utilities try to make that process easy but then you need like a local maven repository uh, yeah. where like, you pull the libraries it's not too hard but like you know knowing that that happens kind of like you know makes me feel a little unhappy <laughs> because it's not as simple as just have like oh include this gradle script as well and you just do everything you know yeah it's kind of a bummer there isn't like the equivalent yet of like a gem file or something because with ruby that's the way it works right uh, yeah. and i guess like maven is that equivalent but yeah for those who have worked with maven they know it's like nowhere close to like the whole bundler system like ruby's like gem bundler system is amazing uh that is not something that we have um, so like you know in between i was trying to get fancy where i was like oh maybe i can use rx with this thing cuz like you know i can stream the file and then part if the like you know the results get fast enough i can just like uh, process this parallelly but at that point i was just like you know i was kidding myself <laughs> so i didn't have to do any of that but i was curious cuz i wanted to push the extent uh, i want to see how i could push this cuz in an ideal world like all my scripts cuz i have a whole bunch of ruby bash scripts in my tooling system like now uh, in my machine that i have cron jobs that run and this is like a vestige of like having used a computer for a very long time i have like these scripts that like take care of certain things for me uh, i would love to have them all moved over to kotlin cuz kotlin is so much more easier to maintain right and that's the language that that was that's my language of choice right now so what are they all written in right now like just bash or something like that yeah a lot of them are ba- uh, i have some in bash I have many of them in Ruby actually because at one point you know and I've told the story before I was like basically a Ruby on Rails developer right like that was mm-hmm. like my profession that was what I was hired for so I'm still pretty familiar with Ruby and I do like Ruby as a language so a lot of those scripts are in Ruby uh in fact like a lot of my helper git scripts like a lot of the release scripts that I write for like you know uh uh for like even Instacart at this point a lot of them are still in Ruby because like I'm just so familiar with them uh but i think i want to start moving a lot of those to kotlin now let me be devil's advocate here and ask you what's what benefit do you get by moving them to kotlin 
Oh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just a personal sense of joy. <laughs> okay, all right. That, that matters, though. Kotlin is also easy to maintain because, again, like if you're working with Android developers and you have a lot of scripts that you run, for example, what here's an uh, we have a release script right now that actually is like in pure Ruby. It, I mean, I'm, I love this script because, and I think maybe we've talked about this before. Uh, yeah, you've shared it before, I think, or a version of it. Yeah, so the idea is essentially we just type release and depending on which branch you're in, it just does the right thing, right? Like it cleans your, uh, it cleans, runs a clean build, builds an APK, uploads it to our like release folder, like or like the Play Store. Uh, you have it like stored there. Like, you know, version incrementing is autom like automatic. So I have never at this point ever had to manually go and change my version number because the release script just handles it, right? And there's like a semantic versioning system that it understands. For example, if it knows that it needs to release a patch, then it increase increases just the patch number. If it knows that you're branching off master, then it's probably like a new feature, which then means the minor needs to be incremented, right? You know, so it just does so many of those things like automatically. So ideally what all of our engineers at Inscart do is they just type release and it does the right thing. Like literally you type release, you run that script and it just does everything. All of that is in Ruby, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I would like to move it to Kotlin just because Kotlin's a nicer language. But again, yeah, it's such a stable thing that I don't think I would like. To answer your question, there's probably not any real benefit from me moving to Kotlin, but uh, new scripts that I write, I would like to move to using this. Let me ask you this though too. If let's say you did rewrite that in Kotlin, and it was good and everything you like it and people can read it that are android developers which makes sense and you wanted to share that with a with a new teammate that just joined on a new computer and maybe they've got android already set up um what does that look like you let's say you give them that script what do they need to do at that point in time to run that script because I, I haven't really worked with kotlin script at all so i'm really kind of wondering what that setup looks like oh yeah for sure and like i can actually uh let me pull up my GitHub thing so i'm, I'm making sure i'm not forgetting the steps because i actually that was initially pretty tricky because i have looked at like the kotlin scripts sometime back but then the thing is, it was a little trickier then, like getting it set up, and I, I forgot how to do it before, so I actually noted it down in the readme. So the way it is, works is if this was a new developer and they want to start running Kotlin scripts, at least if they use a mechanism that I'm using, you the first thing is like Homebrew, uh, uh, for those who don't know, Homebrew is like this super helpful utility that you can run that will install like all kinds of different software. So using Homebrew, you have to install Maven. So the command is brew install Maven. You need Maven for this. Uh, so that's like one dependency. Once you run that, you have uh, there's this thing called K script, right? Now there's also there are two ways to run Kotlin scripts, you know, and these are almost sort of like competing libraries. One is just straight up using the Kotlin compi com compiler, uh, you know, Kotlin C is what it's called. The other is this helper utility called K script that like I don't remember who it was, but I can like put a link. Uh, K script is almost like a library that runs. Kotlin files, Kotlin script files easily. It takes care of a lot of the boilerplate. So I would recommend that. And the way all you have to do then is then run again another homebrew installation. So you say brew install kscript. And literally what you do is you run the command kscript and point to your script file. Now, for those who don't know, Kotlin scripts aren't .kotlin files. They're this thing called a .kts. And I think they're standardizing that format. So if you open up the code, it's pretty much like uh, straight up Kotlin. Let me do one thing. Let me. Do you need like a like a uh, a, a main function to start these, these scripts, or how do they get invoked? So you don't need a main. The way because it's a scripting language with mo the way with most scripting languages, it just executes from top to bottom, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure how it would work in Kotlin. I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, it's very similar in this way where you don't necessarily need something. But the way I've like the way I've sort of structured it is, I have like my program. I write that in a function on the top, so that talks about the functionality. And right at the very end, I just basically have like I just call, I execute this uh, sort of program. So I'm gonna paste that file, and I can make sure I put it in the show notes for folks who are interested. So mm-hmm. literally, like you know, it's because the advantage of scripting languages is like from top to bottom, right? So essentially, it will just like, yeah, you just. I have a function that I declare on the top. It doesn't get run, obviously, because the function needs to be called. And at the bottom, I basically call that function and then it gets executed. So, Okay, all right. So you have to install those couple of things and then you're are you ready to go or do you have to worry about Maven installations locally or no? You don't, I mean, if you don't care about it, I don't care about it. So like, because okay. I barely use like Maven, like, you know, unless you have like some complicated Maven setup. Uh, this essentially you just run brew install maven and that sets the maven repository up then kscript knows when like you know if you want to pull dependencies and stuff uh, kscript yeah. basically knows where to point to uh, so if i have like this other script like for example this hackathon script that i wrote i think i do uh, pull a library for like the csv parsing and if you see like on the second line basically uh well, it is, no, the second line is the case scripting. But uh, somewhere here, like I call a CSV parsing sort of utility. And yeah, y- you can pull in dependencies that way. So, oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I think that's part of the, I think folks that are, that like Kotlin will, will use it and go down and, and try this path. But I also think this is one of the reasons why other scripting languages like uh, Ruby or JavaScript or whatever that have built-in package managers, such as um, you know Bundler, you know Gems yeah, and and, and npm or, or Yarn or whatever, I think that's one of the reasons why they people just default to that. It's just so like it's so fast for them to just get up and running, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't have to install all these things, which. To be fair, this is also pretty because, like, you know, the setup is like you. If you don't necessarily care about customizing your Maven setup, like, you just have to run brew install Maven, and it's like a single line. You uh, like, in it's almost like our Gradle file. You insert the dependency right at the top of the script. Yeah. And when you run the script uh, the first time and it compiles, it'll just pull the dependencies one time, and after that, it's just cached. So then it just exists. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. yeah, no. It's just that yeah, Maven. I think like there's also like I'm slightly jaded from my past <laughs> using Maven and all those ant XML files and all those you know all uh-huh. anything around that like sort of like scares me so which is why when I said like oh Maven <laughs> uh, but it's actually I mean if I'm being fair like you barely like the setup is like three lines like in you just paste those three lines and then you can start running this script so do you think uh, something like Kotlin script will take off or do you think it's just going to kind of be for the for side usage? What do you, what's your opinion? Unless they solve that problem where it's easy enough to like pull dependencies and it's literally just like a straight up running thing. I think it'll take off like for, again, like there's very little awareness around this, which is also the other thing. JetBrains, I think only very recently sort of like pushed for that because the intention was not for Kotlin to necessarily be a scripting language. Uh, but I think like, it is it's such a beautiful language that I think people would like that. My gut is like I don't it's hard to say, but like yeah, no in, in the next six months to a year, I don't see it being like a huge thing unless like you know everyone starts popularizing it, right like so because mm-hmm. otherwise like it's funny, I haven't seen like too many people use Kotlin script or like their use cases, right which is also why one of the reasons I want to write this blog post because it's so easy to run it right and if if you look at the code like if 
the code is not too bad uh, you know given that it's like kotlin it's like and i've tried to like be very good about documenting what each, what each thing does so yeah. you can like very easily go through the code and like if you have knowledge of kotlin you can see how we basically process this no i'm looking at the code here it's i mean i'm reading it it's nothing too complicated and it's it's funny it's one of the things i wanted to talk about we probably don't have time today but well maybe another time is just learning by reading other people's code like i think that's one of the best things you can do is go find an open source project and or something you're interested in kotlin script whatever here read someone else's code you're going to find something that uh that you didn't know existed They're like oh i didn't know i could do that you know or i didn't know that method existed on that class in kotlin or whatever yeah that's one of the beauties with open source right like just seeing how like different people and like even like with pr review systems i find that so many times with like the engineers that i work with right sometimes it's, they write something cotton. I was like, wow, I did not know you could do that, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm constantly surprised with Kotlin. <laughs> yeah. Since we're on the topic, like, there's one quick thing I wanted. Like, this is one thing I recently, like, uh, did not realize, but uh, one of our engineers used this. So, you know how with Android, typically you have, you override a method, like, on start, and then you say super dot on start. Uh, you run that as the first thing. And then below that, you have, you know, the rest of the stuff that you want to proceed with. Uh, one of our engineers basically wrote uh, this thing. He's like super dot on start, and I think it was apply dot. Uh, no, also sorry, and dot also, and then you write yeah. the rest of the function in a block. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty slick way to do it, like because that way you're forcing it to be the first thing that runs, mm-hmm. but also it sort of like encapsulates it, right? So just a lot of these small touches that like I never necessarily thought of using Kotlin that way, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's nice to know, like you know good way of like learning new things is looking at other people's code so 100 agree with you there yeah it's just amazing what JetBrains has been able to do with by building this language and some of the things they're able to accomplish because if you think about it it all has to just boil down to the jvm which we've had for a long time so it's just got to work <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's a lot of black magic that's going on underneath the scenes uh, and it works and that's just uh, absolutely amazing so it makes developing a whole lot easier and funner oh yeah absolutely all right, Dan, I think it's time to wind this episode down. Totally. If folks want to reach out to you, what's a good way to do it? Uh, the best way to reach out to me is going to be on Twitter. Uh, and that's at Don Felker, or you can hit me up on Instagram at the same handle, Don Felker. What about you? I am Kaushik Gopal on Twitter and the same handle on Instagram. So yeah, folks should feel free to follow us there. And yeah, you can hear a lot about the other stuff that we're doing. Thank you all for listening. We will catch you in the next episode. Once again, we'd like to thank American Express for sponsoring today's episode. If you're interested in joining one of the best Android teams out there, please follow the link in the show notes and go ahead and tell them that I sent you. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. Sarah the Amazing Jackson from the Spec Network helps with production assistance and wraps our final mix. Our theme and ad music is by the national recording artist Blueprint from Weightless Recordings. You can find more fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.